So this starts the third chapter that is in this series. And I'll read verses 1 through 8. John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this privilege of being in you and having you be in us. And we pray that we would remember this, that we would delight in this, and that we would never forget it. We ask you now to be with us, to enter into our minds and hearts, to guide them in order to come to a deeper understanding of what this means. We give you thanks. In Christ's name, amen. Many of you, perhaps, like me, have attempted to grow grapes. I think I really liked the concept of grapes because when you see one, a vine that's growing really well, it's just beautiful. Um, not really at a winery so much. They seem kind of utilitarian at a winery. But when you see them where someone in their home or at, at, in their yard has grown one that is uh, producing, it just makes you want some of your own. And so our first property where we had a yard was here in Omaha, and so that was in 93. And within a year or two, I went way up back on my property a few yards from the, from the rear, and I put in four-by-fours and strung wire and planted grapevines. And they grew, and they looked so beautiful. They were very, very healthy, very prolific. They started growing, and I was trying to train them along the wires. They got really heavy. The wires sagged a lot more than I was uh, comfortable, but I found it difficult to tighten them up enough. But I was really disappointed in the fruit because I got bunches and bunches and bunches of these tiny, tiny little grapes. They were cute, but they were pretty, pretty inedible. And I hadn't really invested any of my time in learning how to grow grapes. I just thought it was an obvious thing, apparently. And then I found it wasn't so obvious. And when I read about it and I talked with people that were familiar with it, I had done everything wrong. You don't evaluate a grapevine by the number of leaves that are growing on the grapevine. Leaves are kind of bad. They compete with the fruit. And so for every excessive leaf that you have on your grapevine, you're losing productive energy going to your grapes. And so I learned that, and so I tried the next season to do better. And 
I just don't think I was aggressive enough with pruning. It just seemed too harsh to cut off some of those branches. I didn't know which ones I should save. If they looked to be healthy, I wanted to save them. And from my perspective, I really found it difficult to distinguish between the vine and the branches. Whereas if you've ever seen pictures of a winery vineyard, it's obvious what is the vine and what are the branches. And yet, for me, it was difficult. And they're going everywhere, and they're not really doing what I wanted, and eventually I just abandoned them, and I would just mow around the silly posts, and they withered over the next couple, three years, and eventually I yanked them all out. Uh, and so mine was not a happy success story about grape growing. Yet, you learn a lot through failure, and so I learned uh, if I were ever to do it again, I would do it differently, and I would take the time to learn how to do it, and then be more active. I was very neglectful of my grapes. And so in our text, uh, Jesus starts out very simply with, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So he is the vine and his father is the vine dresser, the caretaker that is doing the pruning. And Jesus himself is the vine that is leading to those uh, productive branches, leading to those uh, ripe fruits. And it, he says right away, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So God is very active. He's not neglectful of his vineyard. I was very neglectful of mine. God is not neglectful of his. When I come into a text, I look. I, the first thing you have to decide is what the gist of it is, and then that gives you the name. And so the name of this message today is Abide in Me. Now, for the number of times I've been talking about vine dressing and vineyards and the vine uh, uh, owner and the, and the caretaker and the vine itself, the word vine only appears four times in the text I read. But abide occurs ten. It occurs seven times in verses one through eight and then two more times in the next couple of verses as it transitions into the next uh, message. So you learn a lot by just looking at what it is that God is emphasizing. If you just read this, chapter 15, it can be kind of confusing. They blur together, there's a lot of repetition of words, and you think you understood it when you read it, when in reality, you need to really, really read it, meditate on it, read it over and over again. And as I read a commentary on this, that's exactly what that guy said. He said, opinions of this text vary, but mostly because people aren't taking the time to really digest it, to consume it. So he knew it. He said, the key is abide in me. And that's exactly the key to these first eight verses, abiding in Christ. In verse three, he says, you are already clean because of the words which I've spoken to you. Long ago, early on in this series, I commented on a very similar phrase. In 1310, Jesus said to Simon, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. And then we know that Judas later was ejected from their body. Now, Jesus says, you are clean. And he meant all of you are clean. Because I've retained you believers. I've retained you living branches. And you are going to be productive. And he made them productive. Now note that God, though, is pruning all of the branches. He doesn't just prune 
the dead branches off, he prunes the living branches, and sometimes aggressively. And another word for pruning in the Greek is cleansing. It's the same meaning. And Phil commented on cleansing earlier, and that was the outward cleansing, and he commented on that. This is the inward cleansing. This is where God is snipping away sin from his children, removing it from you, killing it in you. It should be our desire to have that sin killed as well, of course, but sometimes we dearly cling to sin, and it pains us when God cuts it away from us. But if those branches are left unpruned, if we, living branches, are left unpruned, we become less and less fruitful. And so we need that done to us. We need to be doing it to ourselves. We need to be doing it to one another. We need to be welcoming God doing it to us. Jesus reminded his disciples here that their main purpose in life was to bear fruit for him. There was a meme a couple weeks ago. I think it had C.S. Lewis's portrait in the background, but yet the gist of the meme, the phrase, was spiritual Christians view the earth not as a playground, but as a war zone. That is really a distinguishing characteristic, I think, between Christians who are taking their walk seriously and those that have forgotten or are not taking their walk entirely seriously. Because it is a war zone we live in. We ought to be in prayer for people, especially those that are caught up in the depths of battle so much more so than we are. These 11 men to whom Jesus was speaking these words about the vine and the branches were probably the most prolific and fruitful branches in all the world for God's church. They reached the then known world with the gospel. They turned the world upside down within a generation. And so they were extremely healthy and fruitful branches. And that's probably because they never resisted God's pruning. They not only welcomed it, they longed for it. They poured themselves out to seek God's pruning. So our goal, as their goal was, should be to bear fruit for the Lord. And we will do that by enduring the pruning, and not just enduring it, but welcoming it, wanting it. And that will set us apart as Christians. It will set you apart as a Christian from 90% of the other Christians that we live amongst. Because if you're welcoming God's work in your life, then you are fighting sin, and you are proving yourself to be a model for others to do the same. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the table that reflects the reality of your love for us, and yet the fact that you, because you love us, because you are the vine dresser, you will prune us, you will not fail to prune us. And we celebrate, and in this reminder, we celebrate by drinking wine made from grapes. And so we thank you, Lord, that we are to be producing grapes in our life. We ask you, Lord, to have your Holy Spirit convict us of sin, and allow us to recognize that your pruning is working wonders in our lives, and it is to our benefit, our eternal benefit, and to the building up of your kingdom that we not only endure it, but welcome it. We thank you now, Father, for the bread and the wine that minister grace in our lives.
In Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen.